1: But it was not the speech heard around the world, my friends, at all. Uh, because, uh, quite frankly, people tune this out. And it's it's sad because there's a lot of damage here. And I'm going to share that with you today, this important broadcast here. A welcome to the Voice of a Nation. This is yours truly, Malcolm Out Loud here. Uh, we have Team Nation on with us as well today as we'll uh, slay this thing. We've got some important information for you on this uh This whole uh, exposé, this Marxist exposé extraordinaire, um, certainly showing their hand out here, not only to the country, but to the world. Let's just put it this way. Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin are on the phone talking with each other saying, can you believe that, Joe? Oh, man, he's got one over on us now, man. You know they had to be all over. Listen to some of the headlines as an example here. So Politico says... Biden embraces his inner Robin Hood. Now that's political people, okay? Washington Post, at 100 days, Biden seeks to leverage narrow majorities to reverse the Reagan era. I didn't know we were still in the Reagan era, but good, good, good. The New York Times says, Biden seeks shift and how the nation serves its people. Listen to that one closely, will you please? Biden seeks shift in how the nation serves its people. The Wall Street Journal says, Biden pushes broad economic agenda in speech to Congress. Yeah, and the 19th says, for the first time two women are standing behind the president an address to congress Uh, that was true they're all true headlines actually uh as you take a look and you know you, you take a look and you you uh you really understand what those headlines are saying they should be a flashing neon sign to america that we are in a heap of trouble i'd say we are screwed but uh be a little kinder i'm being a little gentler here we are in a heap of trouble And if we don't get it together real quick, we will be screwed up for sure. But uh, those were the headlines uh, from the day. If you didn't get a chance to check it all out. Now, uh, here's the key. I'll tell you right now, most people in my circle, uh, conservatives, patriots, lovers of the Constitution, you know, the kind of people I hang with, right? Yeah. Well, those people did not watch this event. Did not tune in, did not watch it, listen. And why would you? When you can, you can go back if you want to uh, and watch a couple of videos, get the sense of it. You can also read the news reports if you're not up on this. I, I know it doesn't sound very patriotic, but if you're w- watching a Marxist president attempt to take down a country in the way that we love it, well, yeah, that, that would not be uh, the flavor of the month that we're looking for, is it now? You know? Now, truth of the matter is, I, I have to confess with you, I did not watch it either. I could not put myself up to it, my fellow Americans, and I'm, I, I'm almost shameful to say that to you, that I did not watch it. You know, typically when Trump would have an address, I, had a, I have a popcorn machine. I, I mean, it's a real popcorn machine with the wheels and you roll it over and you turn the popcorn on. You know, yeah, I love that kind of thing. In fact, I need to turn that on tonight. I mean, I, I had that on a lot during the, during the Trump years, had a lot of popcorn moments. <laughs> Haven't had a lot of popcorn moments uh, so far in this crazy takeover that's happening here, but you know what? I'm gonna turn it on tonight and have some popcorn. Popcorn and red wine, nothing like it, people, for sure. And so I would do that with the Trump addresses or his State of the Unions or anything. There was a coup. I'd take out the popcorn machine, turn that sucker on, and get the red wine. And you have a have a great evening, man. Real fast, you know. Fast cars, pretty women, popcorn. Right? What? But red wine. What more you need in life, right? So I did not watch it. I could not do it. I I just couldn't do it. I I just, you know, if you can visualize me now with a visual, I'm poking my eye out. Bing, 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 bing. I just couldn't do it. I just, I, I, I I wanted to. I should have. I I felt guilty. I'm I'm a news guy, people. I'm a news junkie. I'm a news guy. So why I talk to you people. So I I felt like I I said to myself, my inner brain talking to me now. I I got people that talk to me inside of myself, one on the left shoulder, one on the right shoulder. you, You talk about a fight of good and evil. I have a fight of good and evil within myself. So the one guy comes out and says, Malcolm, you really need to be watching this thing. What the hell are you doing here? Stop it. No, you got it. Another guy comes out and says, Malcolm, you don't have time for this. Stop it. You got far too much work to do. Don't listen to this nonsense. Don't listen to that other guy over there. The other guy comes out and says, Malcolm, but you really need to see his expressions, his body language, how much of a doofus he really is. You've got to be watching this thing. The other guy comes out and says, Malcolm, come on. You, why waste the next hour and change of your life? Do something with it, productive. Well, you know who won out then, don't you know? All right? So I did not watch it, but I did catch up on all the videos and the aftermath. And I did go back and watch Senator Tim Scott. Now, am I showing my colors here? <laughs> I did go back and watch Tim Scott. I really liked his speech by the way, uh, Senator Scott. Uh, he's, a, he's a hero for sure. And I would vote for him any day of the week, uh, for, uh, absolutely. But uh, I did, I did watch all of his and enjoyed every set. That was a popcorn moment. But it was it was too late to deal with the popcorn at that point, you know, so you get the picture. So let's talk a little bit now, uh, my friends on a serious mode here of, of what's what we're really dealing with. Because, you know, as this election was all taking place, and we were all talking we, we felt, you know, we, we draw out a picture, green new deals, takeover, education, everything free, high taxes, you know, fun for everybody. Yeah, if you live in the Soviet Union, Russia, China, Cuba, Venezuela, or some third world shithole, that would be a beautiful paradise, correct? But for this country, not so much. And we pointed that out uh, during the election, big time. But you know, a lot of people, uh, were running around, didn't, uh, Trump wasn't presidential enough for him. So as, we, as the Titanic is sinking, the captain wasn't presidential enough. Let the boat go down, screw it. We'll all sink and drown. He wasn't presidential enough. What the hell does that mean? Well, he didn't play by, oh, he didn't play by the rules. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be me. I'd fit into that category. Like they say with me, you're not really presidential, Malcolm. Well, no kidding. You're not, you don't really sound like you're really even a radio host, are you? No, I'm not. What are you exactly? How the hell do I know? I'm a truth teller. You know, that's why I talk to you. you I, we, we connect. You must be like-minded. I don't know. So we reminded everybody about all this was, was going to happen during the election. Right. And the left said, no, 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 this ain't happening. This is not going to happen. Uh, this is just a friendly you know, it's a friendly socialist takeover, not a Marxist takeover. <laughs> They're really good with words and colors over there on the left. They know how to uh, put the lipstick on the pig uh, every chance they can. Uh, very much. Uh, Politico says this. If you've been reading us closely, and, and I love I love Politico because it's a, it's a you get a lot of in- you get a lot of information from it. It's one of my go-to sources for uh, for for uh, fodder for fodder. You know what fodder is. Um, that that's that's what this is a a lot of fodder Uh, so if you've been reading us closely we've been tracking three notable political developments this year okay here they are people number one biden has been proposing tax and spending policies on a scale that his recent democratic predecessors never dreamed of oh my golly wow wow number two unlike 1993 and 2009, uh, the GOP has so far been ineffective as an opposition party in the face of this spending onslaught. That's Politico saying that. Wow, calling it a spending onslaught. Even the even the sailors who are, are, are drunk already realize we're getting drunker by the moment at Politico. Wow. The third item is unlike his two recent predecessors, who saturated the media in their first year in office, Biden, Joe Biden that is, tends to lay low and keep things as boring as possible. You remember your born English teacher? You remember she did the same thing, you know? Wasn't the one to run the, her nails down the chalkboard and wake you all up, right? So boring as possible. So there, Politico is saying, that Joe Biden tends to lay low and keep things as born. Oh, sort of like how he took the election, how they did all the, uh, the dance in there installed stole the 2020 election or won the 22 election or pulled one over the uh, conservatives, right? Um, that's how they do, or the Republicans, whatever, uh, in 2020 race. So those are the three things that Politico puts out there. And those things, they make me very nervous, actually. Uh, th- this first one, I mean, this is uh, when you say here, uh, Biden has been proposing tax and spending policies on a scale that his recent Democratic predators never dreamed of. Now, think of that, people, a moment. Think about that. Joe Biden, we need to be calling him moving forward unsuspecting Joe. Unsuspecting Joe. This is the guy who ran the campaign, a, a national campaign for president from his basement. Never had interviews, never did any of that, correct? I mean, the media gave him a pass on all of it, had a plan, and th- this, th- this was the strategy, unsuspecting Joe. Like, it's like your grandfather or your dizzy uncle or somebody who's harmless, they're harmless. You know, they talk in riddles at times. You, you know, you've got uncles like this. You've got uncles like this. Uh, you probably even have neighbors like this and they're, they're harmless. Uh, they're nice, nice old people. They're good. They're, I mean, nothing wrong with old people. I mean, we're all getting there someday people, right? We're all going to be old, uh, but they're, they're sort of harmless. They're friendly, the friendly old guy down the neighborhood or such as such over here or whatever you see. And, uh, and, and, and that, that's kind of, you know, that, that's kind of what Joe is. Joe won the campaign of president of the United States on that basis, barring Joe. Who's really, Joe's not going to do any harm. He's an old man. He can't even put three syllables together. They said, they thought, although he did put them together in that speech, didn't he now? He certainly did in that speech, people. He surprised a lot. A lot of people thought he would fall over and pass out of the desk or the podium there. You know, his head would bounce off the podium and say, what happened really? You know, bang, boom. So, you know, it's really interesting how they've dressed Joe up for the dance, almost, he, he almost looks like a voodoo doll where you get the guy ready for the party, you dress him up and you put him in front of the podium. Okay, and this is what I really, this is how I, uh, in contrast, really looked at Joe early on that some people call him a puppet, but whatever. He, he was just sort of a stooge that you get there, you dress up for the part, you put him in front of the podium and he moves his mouth. You know, he moves his mouth and his, but you know, it's not his really thoughts and ideas. This is the work of other people. These are, this is the work of other Marxists. Now you wonder why some of this wasn't done uh, from uh, Barack Obama. I mean, you would think here's what I wanna propose to you today and I want you to be warned now. I want you to be warned. We all really felt Barack Obama was dangerous as hell. You know, the hope and change guy, you know, That, that, that guy. We thought he was very dangerous. And he did a lot of, lot of, lot of damage here. I mean, he, he did a lot of damage to our nation. That, that eight years of the Obama agenda set America back 50 years at least. He put more, let me just say it this way, I'll remain a gentleman, more nefarious fellas and people in high-powered positions for government agencies in those eight years than you can shake a stick at, which is why the swamp rose even more to push back at Trump and gave him a hell of a time. All those government agencies did, you see. All right. So all of that happened, and we we thought, you know, Obama felt he had to get the approval, and he we kind of looked at him as really could be a real problem. But we most everybody thought, well, Joe doesn't even have his faculties. He can't even put three syllables together, as I say. So they said. He won't get through a speech. The guy will pass out on the podium. Uh, so he's not going to be too harmless, probably. We just get through him and he doesn't die on us so that Kamala doesn't become, you know, the queen. We'll be okay if we just keep him, pro- like the, what, the weekend at Bernie's, just keep him propped up, right? Just keep, uh, we almost want to keep him alive and propped up so uh, Kamala, Kamala doesn't get the, 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 the brass ring. You know, we got to keep him pop, uh, popped up, right? Weakened at Bernie's, weekend at Joe's, right there at the podium. You can do this. So we kind of want him to succeed as sort of a president, right? Like just pop, propped up or just as a stooge kind of to get by. But then how much damage does really Joe have? How, how much damage can he really be? And you look at these comments coming from Politico that I share with you. Dangerous as hell, people. Dangerous as hell. Number one, Biden has been proposing tax and spending policies on a scale that his recent Democratic predecessors never dreamed of. Look at those words. Never dreamed of. So even Barack Obama never dreamed of this. A Marxist takeover in this quick, uh, uh, fast and daylight. Like, can I do this in daylight? Like I thought I would need maybe 20, 30 years to pull this off. Well, no, you can do this in daylight if you're Joe Biden, if you're the harmless uncle of the neighborhood down the boulevard, you can do this even quicker. You see, that's the problem and the danger we have people. Sometimes the enemy we know is far more, uh, uh, is safer than the enemy we don't really know what they're all made of, what they're thinking, who they are or what they're saying is far more dangerous. It can be far more dangerous, you see and we don't really know, uh, how, we really don't know uh, how many of Joe's wires are touching. We can guess, we can play psychiatrist, but we really don't know. We've seen him, and I wonder sometimes, if you think about it and you look at this uh, event that happened, this uh, uh, 100-day event to Congress, whatever, coming up here, right? And you wonder, was that all an act? Because he can certainly read a teleprompter. So who's behind that? Is George Soros running that program? Surely Barack Obama's involved in it. How about Satan himself? Who the hell is running his program? I, I wonder. Do you wonder? How many wires does Joe actually have touching? You know, where, where are his faculties really? And do they tell us a story? I mean, how much of this is, I mean, I don't think much of this is his concoction. I don't, again, as I share with you today. I don't think he has a high IQ. Joe is not the first character that comes to your mind when you think of brilliance. Now, perhaps when you think of bullshit, you think of Joe Biden, but certainly not brilliance. You know, you remember that story when you were a kid, you either baffled them with brilliance or, or baffle them with bullshit, right? It was one or the other. You either got brilliance or mojo, right? Either one or the other, you know. What do you think Joe has? Now, Obama on the other hand, had a lot of brilliance and taken his eight years and taken his stabs at America, for sure. Now, he's behind there. Remember, he opened up the office, the OFA, Organizing for America, just on the boulevard there in Washington, D.C., which was perfectly fine with the far-left Marxist-Democrat machine. Now, of course, when Trump had his hotel down the road, that was a problem. Can't have that happen. But they were fine with uh, Barack there having a, a home office in the neighborhood, invite Valerie Jarrett in and We'll turn up the popcorn machine. i will have a party, huh? So he never really went away, Obama. Never did go away. He kept it right there, you see? All right, right or wrong. And he's, I believe, in fact, it was stated, uh, oh, a couple few weeks ago, you might not have caught this. It was documented. It was documented. Because the, the press secretary came out, uh, Jen Zaki. Uh, so she came out and said that, uh, uh, He's in touch with Barack a lot. He talks to Barack a lot. Of course, we don't see the records. You know how you're supposed to have public records? We don't even know what those are. They're not letting those go out of the White House. They want to keep those. Uh, they probably have them in a vault somewhere. But uh, she says he talks to Barack a lot every day. They talk a lot. Well, the Blood Brothers, of course, they would be talking a lot here. Joe, Barack is there, and Joe is on his hands like the puppet. Barack has got his hand up his backside, up his, uh, you know how you do a puppet? You take your hand and you put it in the puppet, right up into the puppet, right up through, kind of through the ass. And then you grab your hands and your puppet, and you go, and that's what's happening there. So, Barack, so Joe is Barack's puppet, and he Barack's got his hands up, kind of up his ass in the backside, and he kind of shakes the puppet around and get a little bit there, you know? So that's probably what's happening. So this is like a a third term for Barack Obama. Should be illegal, is illegal, but it's happening. Am I telling you anything you don't know, really? Yeah. So let's talk today about unsuspecting Joe. Uh, he's the perfect character, the, the, the grandfather, the uncle, the, the annoying neighbor. Huh, we all got them, right? And, uh, you know, that, he can't do any harm. But we prop him up like we can at Bernie's, and this guy's a, he's a he's a razor blade, sharp as a wit. Joe Biden and his plan for America. Wow, wow. You almost need a drum roll with that, don't you? Joe Biden, the Bidenettes. The Bidenettes. Want to have the Bidenettes. Who are those people? I want to see the Bidenettes. They pay for that and see that on Broadway. Of course, they're not playing anymore Broadway. COVID took them down, you know. Joe Biden is playing for America, my fellow Americans. I'll tell you what. It is unbelievable. It is out in the light of day. It is a train wreck like you cannot imagine. My friends, you had better say a prayer tonight, tomorrow night, and the night after get on your knees and pray to God Almighty that, uh, you know, God is in control, hopefully, and he will uh, uh, give you the free will to fix this thing. We have another program on that we'll be talking about just ahead. Is God in control of all this? Well, I I think that's another call for another day. But people, I think we're in a heap of trouble here. And uh, you you ask yourself, how much more can the nation handle of this, Malcolm? And, you know, people, uh, we're in some dangerous territory, now, most of you out there said to me, and, and, and it's all documented, said that if Trump didn't win in 2020, if the Marxist plan took over Joe Biden, we were done. As a country, we're over. So I wonder with a show of hands, how many of you believe, believe we're done right now? Let me see your hands. Raise it if you think we're done. Okay, I see all your hands. Now, how many think we have a shot? Well, it's a few of those I see. So you see, we have our work cut out for us, people. I just did a uh, a poll. That was a it's a it's an unofficial poll, but I just did it with you. And there are more who think we're probably screwed and in trouble. But then the question becomes: Is you know? Uh, uh, how much do we have it? How exceptional are we? How exceptional are Americans? Are we ready for the fight ahead? His social programs, spending $1.8 trillion, the American Families Plan, $2.3 trillion, the American Jobs Plan, $1.9 trillion, the American Rescue Plan, and, uh, you know, $6 trillion in total of the Bend Over Bertha Plan, basically, right? I'll break that all down for you a little bit more. And Politico says this, Biden's first 100 days have been defined by a blitz of government expansion, some six trillion worth of actual and proposed spending. Wow, wow, wow. The numbers, my friends, are absolutely through the moon, through the roof. We are talking a smorgasbord uh, that Karl Marx would love it, love it, on steroids. And I read you those headlines at the opening bell, and the media knows it. And you know what, my fellow Americans, the media is still going along with it. It's all swell in the neighborhood with them. I mean, how sick is that? If you have a question, is the media in on the gig or not, you now know. I've been pointing this out right along, and here it is. Got, you, you read their headlines. They know they're, they're, not, they're not stupid people. They're not, well, they are stupid in some sense, but they're not stupid from an IQ sense, okay? They know, look at the headlines I read you. they know. And yet they still go along with the gig. And then you have to ask yourself, what the hell are we doing here? What act are we in again, Malcolm? Where's the play? Well, I wanna, I wanna get off the miracle round, mom. I don't like this movie anymore, please. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's a pretty rough road, people. Uh, you pretty well have to have a strong stomach right about now to uh, to tolerate this. But uh, there needs to be a, uh, I, I guess, a current day Paul Revere. Uh, again, this particular timeout, it's the Marxists are coming. The Marxists are coming. The Marxists are coming, or the the Bidenets uh, potentially. The Bidenets are coming. Right, little softer tone for the old neighborhood uncle grandfather figure that is le- legitimately trying to. Destroy America. Uh, well, it's all out here on the open, people. So we don't have to make this up. We don't have to talk about theories. We don't have to talk about what ifs. It's all right here. Uh, unbelievable. We're gonna we're gonna take this apart limb by limb today and explain to you what we need to do to move forward. What needs to take place and how we need to stop this in the track. And oh, oh, oh! And by the way, a little bit later on, somebody make a nine one one call, please, to the GOP the GOP and find out where is the GOP. We need to put an APB out for the GOP. And wonder, are they just going to go along with the grandfather uncle figure or are they going to kick back right in the you know what. More Voice of a Nation just after this.
0: Listen to Malcolm the Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa.
2: Now never before in our history Have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement? While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans.
1: Five incredible years, and we're just getting started. Well, they say time flies when you're having fun but it also flies by when you're on a mission of love. Love of country, that is. Well, our goal is to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are talking about unsuspecting joe uh again the neighborhood the grandfather the uncle who always comes over at the holidays who's annoying as hell harmless though so you tolerate it until they leave uh we all know those people uh they're not supposed to do any harm and that's the way i think a lot of people took joe they took him as the fact he's not going to be a real problem as long as we can keep him uh, alive like bernie's the weekend of bernie's and uh just so that kamala doesn't take the brass ring but, you know, then there was the whole conversation about does he have his faculties? Are his wires touching? Uh, what sort of level of dementia does he really have or not? Or is this just his IQ being, you know, horribly uh, uh, low? Uh, we're, we're, what can Joe do as, as president now that they were successful with the last election in, in evil, evil one in the last election? Uh, you know, we talked about 2016 when the good prevailed. Uh, we had a chance to take it back, take the brass ring back. But now evil is at the doorstep. It has won. It was it, it, whatever you want to call it. it, it 2020, it, he, they are in the White House. You, I don't want to talk about the fraud and the election and the cyber fraud and all that. That's not what this is about. He has the power. And now the question is, how do we stop him? And we'll talk more about the GOP and what they may or may not do. Uh, but first, there's Joe Biden and his plan for America. Uh, when Politico comes out and says something like Biden's first 100 days have been defined by a blitz of government expansion, some six trillion worth of actual and proposed spending, uh, that should get your attention. When I read you the headlines I read you above when we started this thing, they are striking. Uh, Biden embraces his inner Robin Hood. Remember that one? That was from Politico. New York Times, Biden seeks shift in how the nation serves its people, right? You remember these here, right? Uh, you know, Biden's declaration, America's democracy is rising anew. You see, this is the ref- this is the restyle and the reforming of the nation. So if you ever thought this was a joke or thought, you know, then you, you probably want to readdress yourself and understand this is no joke, people. The Marxists were victorious in the last election. If you didn't know that they, they took it, they are in power now by hook or by crook, whatever it is, they're there. And they have the brass ring at the moment. And so now you got to ask yourself, what are we going to do about it? Yeah? What are we going to do about it? That's the question we got to ask ourselves in the neighborhood. What are we going to do about it? Uh, do we just sit by and let things happen? And because God's in control? Is that the deal? Or what do we do? Do we fight back? And how do we fight back? These people are in a full court press right now. Full court press. They're talking readdressing the Supreme Court. They're talking packing it. With, a, with, with new justices so they can get a majority again. They're talking about bringing new states in, yeah, you know? They're probably gonna realign the White House in gold so that it looks like the Taj Mahal or something, you see? They got a whole new world order they're gonna build from D.C. They told you what they were gonna do before the election and enough people, and then by hook or by crook, they got the election and they're in control. And for whatever reason, uh, whatever they stole it, they got it legit. They didn't. They did. They didn't like Trump. Whatever, wasn't presidential. Uh, you know, the guy. Whatever. And whatever the reasons is, you got the Marxist running the the machine now, and that should scare the hell out of everybody. Uh, it surely does me. Uh, and I seen a report the other day too, by the way, that said. Uh, Oh, by the way, we need to raise a lot more money now because we're going to jack your taxes up through the roof, uh, roof of Sundays. And uh, so we're also going to invest more in the FBI. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they're investing heavily now so the FBI can come out and torment America. You see, because you see a lot of these business leaders and oligarchs now are going to move their money back out overseas. They're going to move it to China and move it to other places in Europe. They're not going to leave it here. Not, not when we're going to be a high tax state again. That's what Trump fought against. And that's why he had record numbers of the economy and jobs and all of that, because it, you give people the opportunity to play with their own money. That's why we had a tea party to blow the British up and tell them to get the hell out of here. You see? And that's the same thing that needs to happen again. Needs to tell the Marxists to get the hell out of here. They are today's British. Paul Revere was the British are coming. Now it's the Marxists are coming. I I told you that, call it the out loud moment. I'll be the new Paul Revere for you. The the Marxists are coming, the Marxists are coming, the Marxists are coming, people, they're here. And it's time we do something about it here. So in looking at all the reports and you look at these dollars of the plans we're talking about here, and I wanna get into this here with the dollars here specifically. Uh, you know, we laid down the various numbers here. 1.9 trillion for the COVID-19 relief package. We know all about that. Another two trillion for infrastructure and climate. Now, when they say infrastructure and climate, all these programs are just, they're all littered Marxist programs. And then the next two trillion, they want the education, childcare, and paid leave. They use the English language to play with nerves with the American people. They go after the lowest possible denominator in the country is what they do. People, they have no ambition, wanna get nowhere in life and wanna feed off the trail here for anybody else who can bring it to them. That is where the Robin Hood uh, topic came up, the headline back up there with Politico, remember that I shared with you. That's where all that comes from. And that's what they're doing right now with these dollars. And they're talking about rolling out. So with all of this going, let's bring on Team Nation. And Carl, I wanna, I'll put you on the spot. You've been studying this and looked at it. And I know you probably missed the address as I did. Uh, because I think by everybody I know at the highest level probably did not really watch all the uh, uh, machinations here of, of the Biden Express, the Biden Express at the podium in his big talk to the world and the nation. So the spending programs, the social programs that, are, that he's proposing right now, and what I get out of it, when they say a blitz, they really are doing a full court blitz Beyond the Supreme Court packing, beyond the states they're gathering, beyond the money and the program, these people are leaving nothing to their imagination. Uh, Looking at some of these programs, what do you think Americans are feeling? Uh, Do people have the sense, do you think, Carl, that this is as dangerous as it is? Or I would gather there's probably a good percent of the country who will embrace this and are going to embrace it, huh? Well first
3: of all, first of all, I want to say thank you, Malcolm, for all you do for America uh, but thank you brother. The, 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 the people this is just this is just business every day. first of all, we've already had for for decades free school, free daycare I mean I'm talking about low income and, and things like that free apartments, free food, free health that's Medicaid and, and all the other states you know peach care in Georgia, 10 care in Tennessee we already have that. we already have all these things. None of this is new, but never fear because we now have the American rescue plan. Uh, you know, if, if I weren't an American, if I had just walked into this country from another foreign country and sat down and turned this man on the TV, I would be saying, who is this God? Who is this wizard? That's going to do all this stuff for free, free, free. Everything's for free you know, we, we've had these things for years now. Do the American people not know this? I think the majority of the American people know we have welfare and food stamps and we have free pre-VK now. Many people aren't aware of that. Their kids that starts like three. We have free pre-K. Mm-hmm. So this is school like daycare, but now they call it school because they're indoctrinating our young children. And then of course we have free kindergarten, free K through 12. Mm-hmm. Most every state in the United States has two free years of local college, community college. You have to go to a state college. You have to have your grades. Usually you have to have a B average, whatever to get that, but they have it. They've Mm -hmm. had it. So he's acting like he's enacting all this stuff for the very first time and rescuing an America from, from all of this. And it's such a joke.
1: So Every what's he time. doing? What's he doing, Carlis? He put so when you take it, you point out at a very interesting point that a lot of the programs and a lot of the things that are already in the light of day, we've gotten accustomed to. And a lot of these things, you dial it back to FDR and the New Deal. And a lot of these social welfare type programs were put into play, which they didn't fight back then either. They let them have their way. And that became the first step or one of the earlier steps of the socialization of America. When you look at these steps right now, you know, yeah, a lot of programs do exist for a lot of different levels of life. But what does that mean really right now? So what do you, this is like a version, another version of it where he's putting, I guess, the whole thing on steroids, he's lighting it up. But that's kind of what you got to do if you're going to have a socialist country, I guess.
3: But it's the same old thing. It's just the same old, same old. Every time I hear the Democrats speak, I hear Judy Garland singing somewhere over the rainbow. (laughs) It's just, you know, I want to say, hey, hey, Joe Biden, why don't you put on your wife's sparkly boots and click your heels together three times and make all this happen? You know, I'm just the average guy working in America, paying taxes, not highly educated, but I can tell you, if you handed me a couple trillion dollars, I think I could solve all of the country's problems. I think I could easily do it. But again, who's going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. Who's going to pay for it? You know, if if somebody handed me two billion million, Malcolm, and said, gee, Mr. Porfirio, you're living in, you know, they had loaned me, loan me $2 million. You're living in a fine home. Uh, you're driving a fine car. Your wife's wearing that big rock on her finger. You're doing really well for yourself. Oh, yeah, I am. Uh, you know, the problem is, is uh, I have to pay it back with interest. But then I guess that's helping the economy, right? right. Uh, the other problem is, is many times I can't make the payments.
1: So what does that do for the economy? Well, we don't know who's going to pay this back. Let's be clear. We have no idea who is going to pay any of this back because this is, you, you talk about the bankrupt in of future generations, and it's happening right now because now we're going to exceed uh, well over $30 trillion in debt. Uh, when you look back and you look when Barack Obama more than uh, doubled the debt. I remember that saying back then, like, oh, my God, he like uh, he did more debt in his time than every other president in the history of our nation. Kathy, do you remember that being said that, that they were talking about that with uh, oh. Obama?
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. That
1: he, in other words, he doubled the debt, Kathy, from like like when I say like how many I mean, I heard that a lot, like every president from the history of our country from there to there, he doubled it. Is that is that a correct statement? That's correct. Right Very now. But also Biden, uh, Biden, Bush, uh, W, he also doubled the debt in his time. Of course, it was much smaller dollars. But you remember, he started all the economic bailouts. Yeah.
4: Well, 9-11 happened too. That yeah. But
1: yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big government guy at all. And I, I, I blame the right for as much of this as I blame the left, Kathy.
4: No, I'm with you there. For sure. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. I, as you heard me in the other program, I don't have a lot of love with Bush, Clinton, Bush or Obama. I think yep. it was 30 years of horrible uh, leadership on this nation. Again, I look at his two bookends. I look at Reagan and Trump. That's more my style, you know?
4: Yep, I agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. So w- what what do you think here, Kathy? With all of this, uh, the, the, uh, the debt we're taking on right now. So we're talking here. Okay, the social programs, Kath. I mean, how scary is this? Put this in context. Let's, let's, let's peel this a little bit now. As you look at the programs, they're talking about initiating. Uh, and uh, Carl brings up a very interesting point. And I hadn't really thought of that. A lot of the social programs and the welfare programs are already in play, they've already, it, it, that's very accurate.
4: He there was are, spot on.
1: Isn't that true, though? But you don't hear that, Kathy, from anybody. But it's accurate, isn't it?
4: No, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I was really impressed with that answer, too, because it's true. We all are conditioned to forget about it because they've come along like a a frog boiling in a pot.
1: That's it, Kath. That's it.
4: And uh, I I also did not watch. um, And I'm not ashamed to say (laughs) that I didn't watch uh, last night, nor will I watch it later. I'm just gonna, you know, trust my trusted sources and and bear with it uh, uh, that way. But uh, no, I I did though uh, a lot of research on it this morning to because I do want to catch up and and figure it out. And my gosh, you know, I gotta bring Alinsky's tactic number one in here. Power isn't only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. And they are so pulling the wool over our eyes. And everything I read about last night from just the illusion of the Robin Hood uh, mentality and, and, and the, they cut it down to two, what was it? 200 people in the, uh, in the chambers there where it's normally, I believe 1500 and they're trying to make the American people believe that was some safety precaution. Well, no, uh, now that I'm looking at some of these bills that actually he uh, he put forward. This is some really scary stuff, Malcolm. When they talk about 1.9 trillion in COVID relief package, that sounds great, but then you start breaking it down and only about 5% of that entire bill mm-hmm. actually is going to, to us, to relieve us of what we've been through for the past year. What's What's the rest of the bill going to? bailouts for government pensions, yep. which really ticks me off, and payoffs to these states that 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 just fumbled everything Mm -hmm. uh, during the the shutdown. So uh, I'm furious to see what's being passed. Yeah, it's
1: a good thing to point out. The 5% is accurate that you say there, Kathy. That's been documented, that data point right there, uh, about that 5% of the 1.9. So what they did, Kathy, is they threw a little bit of a token, kind of a tip, if you will, to the American people. And then they took the balance of it and they used it for their pet projects. And that's what the Democrat machine does, and, um, and, you know, but here's the thing, you got to all remember, and, and we'll be addressing this uh, in the program more later. But, you know, how do you enable somebody to do this? It, 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 what strikes me as a, a quandary put out there, how do we enable a political party and a movement to bankrupt a country like this, uh, is what I ask myself, how, how do they become enabled and empowered uh, to do this kind of a thing. And, you uh,
4: Oh, you clearly know, with, inaction from public. yeah. Say it again? I said inaction from the, the people.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, for sure. And I mean, they, they're being enabled. The GOP is not uh, fighting back and pushing back. And it is the frog in the water, as you've mentioned clearly moments ago. I totally agree with you there. Um, but, you, you know, you look at these programs and... Uh, the way they're feeding themselves, so here's what they're doing, back to the, the, tro, the tro, which you just mentioned, uh, bringing it back to, you know they're, they're feeding the political tro of baloney, malarkey here. Uh, all these programs are payoffs in the Democrat uh, political machine. These are pet projects. These are things they promised people. Uh, these are things that, it, 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 in addition to the uh, miserable way The mayors and the governors have run blue cities and blue states. This is all part of the bankrupting of America. You know, if you take a look at our balance sheet right now, every good business and every good homestead, actually, it's good every so often in time, you have to look at your balance sheet. Now, this is a business 101 thing, people, but you look at your assets and your liabilities. I mean, you should learn this in high school. Or, or junior high or elementary even. And these are business economics, assets, liabilities. When you go into the bank, assets and liabilities. Uh, this is how you're measured and how they know if they're going to give you X, are you spending consciously? Do you pay your bills back? Uh, can we trust you? Are you a trustin', you know, that, these are all kinds of things that, that happen in the real world. Uh, you know, anybody in the business community and, and in your household know there's a limit to goodwill, (laughs) and there's a limit to what you can do and not do before they do say uncle. And they say uncle pretty quick, the powers to be that run the finance strings, the banks and all of that who have the power to say, I'm going to grant you the loan, or I'm going to grant you this this reprieve, uh, this project you're doing, or this concept or idea, you have to to, uh, earn that respect. The government, they haven't earned anything They haven't earned any of this. So what they do is they take the people's money because they have nothing without the people. They have absolutely nothing. These people are homeless on the street. This government collapses in a hot second. If you pull the people's money out of there, you want to see the dome fall in like a bad loaf of bread that has been left out in the sun for three weeks. That dome of the the whole collapse, there'll be nothing left. Nothing left. If you pull the people's money out, if you pull the power of the people out, my friends, there's nothing left in DC. There's nothing left in the White House and Congress, anywhere, those, bureauc- those bureaucracies and agencies, there's legitimately nothing left there. The point we've missed now is we the people. We the people uh, are, are thinking, and too many of we the people a far, uh, uh, far too many that make me uncomfortable. Too many people think, and they really have this philosophy because it's like this everywhere else in mankind. It's been like this all the way past in history. And it's like this with other governments that uh, the governments own the people and and they play with the people how they wish. And the people are just a product of that government but the government is in control of everything. And it has been that way historically in humankind. This experiment was a different experiment, which is really the beauty of America and the exceptionalism of America is that in this case, it was supposed to be we, the people that tell those people we elect uh, some of us, we elect a small part of us to represent us. They become representative government. You see how that works in a Republic, not so much a democracy, because we have people within the States and that's called an electoral college. You know, this is basic fundamental stuff here, but it's important stuff. It's important stuff. It's important to remind us all how this thing functions. So it's we, the people, who really have to control the coffers on what happens. Because if we don't, people, it's like going out on a, a drunken fest uh, you know, one weekend and finding yourself that you're bankrupt totally. you got nothing left and, and you're out in the wind. Uh, you know, uh, you know, pretty naked at that point, aren't you? Um, and it's kind of what's happening here right now. So the people have got to take control back. But, but what really gets me with these programs, when you take a look at 1.9 trillion, uh, the the rest you plan for COVID, as Kathy points out, five percent is only for COVID. The rest of it, this is all. See, these people are they're like kings and queens up there. They're royalty. They're living off of all of this. And, and all of this largesse, this is all of that there. They, they they use it for the pet projects and the things, which, by the way, Nancy Pelosi is brilliant at, absolutely brilliant. They always said about Pelosi, the way she stayed in power and the way she became one of the most powerful uh, people, Speaker of the House th- that we've ever had, uh, is going to be because uh, she knows how to raise a lot of money. She raises a lot of money, but she also is really good with spending money and she knows how to pay back the people, uh, it's, all, it's a payoff, it's, it's, it's all political. They all have their hands underneath uh, the table somewhere and they're all being paid off. Just like that dirty hush uh, fund they have up there with all the political uh, sex tricks uh, that Congress pays using taxpayer money to pay off their uh, these perverts, their little uh, projects here, um, it, which is a whole nother story. You know what I'm talking about, I believe. And we never did see that report either. That's been held from the American people. So these people, this has become, uh, government has become a problem onto its own. And, you know, the GOP became the GOP and the Republican mantra and the rallying call, the conservatives was all supposed to be smaller government. That's was the, that was what it was about smaller government, a smaller footprint. That was the whole deal here, people, you know? And, and yet we don't, we don't have that. It's a runaway train right now. So now with all these programs, including the 2.3 trillion for the American Jobs Plan, the 1.8 trillion for the American Families Plan, I mean, we're talking, yeah, we're talking, these are trillions of dollars now. People, they're not talking millions anymore, and they're not talking billions. They're talking trillions, I told you, it's going to be garrions g- soon, g- 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 grandchildren, I, mean, I, I don't know where the hell we're going.
0: Yeah.
1: And does it really matter when you're, you know, when you're, when you're, um, when you're, you know, there's no claim to this stuff. You're just printing the money up, you, you know, the inflation, when it hits, it's going to be like a wildfire in the California forest. Uh, when the inflation hits there, and the, and the cost of our debt plays out to our GDP, it's going kind to of be like a forest fire. Hit. And every economic expert would come on and tell you, we're in for some pain ahead. Uh, we're in some for some real pain ahead. There's no way to keep this train on the track too much longer before we really, really hurt, uh, you know, ourselves. And it, it, you know, and you're going to see a, a collapse. Uh, That sadly, I'm sad to report to you today, and I know we'll all be alive to see it because it ain't that far ahead uh, that it's going to happen, but it's going to be the scope of a depression style event uh, that really raised hell with this country. Uh, You know, back in the 20s, it's going to happen here. Uh, We went through, uh, you know, that that era of our country of growth, which is a moment that defined America. Uh, fighting the world wars and all of that defined America, the, living through the greatest generation back there that did all that uh, defined America, created American exceptions, created the best innovations. Uh, that, that's what this was all about, this experiment. And uh, that, that pain is going to hit. And it's, it's going to be, I'm t- mark my words, people, I'm an optimist, but it's going to hit just like a California wildfire. And it's going to take over. And, and I'm not looking forward to that day at all. It's, it's going to be a real reckoning in our nation uh, to really step back and, uh, you know, to uh, it's going to be a come to Jesus moment for the nation. I mean, we're going to have to have a serious talk with ourselves and figure out what America is going to be. But in the meantime, I'm not even sure what we look like when we get there is what I want to propose with you today. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm very, very concerned because this is letting the fox in the, in the hen house now. I mean, the Marxists are running the vault. They are in charge of Fort Knox. They are in charge of our treasury here in, uh, in, in Washington. They are in charge of it. And uh, they're in charge of this spending spree they're on. And it is beyond the term of drunken sailors at this moment of time, and the bankrupting of this nation. And so now we see a full Marxist move. He, here's what we got to talk about now. And we have a full Marxist move on the nation. All of the things we put out there uh, in the 2020 election are now coming true. When a lot of the uh, those intermediates, the uh, the independents, and the left of centers, and the liberal, as Kathy referred to them uh, the other day with me, uh, the, the more the liberal minded people, but the people we can do business with, and, and this is really the uniting of a movement. Uh, and I'm, uh, some we should talk about more. How do how do we unite a movement? Because we're, we're not going to just be able to unite conservatives and Republicans. That's not about that. And I, and I consider myself really not a Republican. I consider myself a conservative, patriotic lover of the Constitution. That's what I consider myself. I don't, I, the two-party system is too corrupt for me. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't play in those, those corners. That's all I'm saying. One, just On any given day, one happens to be the lesser of evil at that moment. It's just like when you go to vote and you vote for a candidate, you vote for the lesser of evil. Well, that cat's probably going to do quite not as much damage. I'll go with them. And that's what you do a lot of the time. And We're limited to choices. And the reason for that is most of the smart people don't run for political office. And I reported on this, my golly, 10, 20 years ago. The, the smart people are in the business community making money. They don't run for political office. They cheat the system in the business world. Uh, and many of them, uh, some are very legitimate and others become these oligarchs that are running the empire now, and that are run, which we talked about the other day, which is all about greed. It's all about greed. How much money can we get? And, and they'll sell off to China. They would sell their uncle and their mother. Doesn't matter to these people. Greed is the order of the day. And that becomes part of that evil empire. You know, I remember in the Reagan years, actually, we used to talk about the evil empire. You had to go overseas to get it. You no longer have to go overseas to get the evil empire. It's right here and living alive and well and growing and, 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 and th- uh, throbbing there in uh, Washington, D.C. is where it is. That's, that's where it is. That's the monster we're dealing with, people. And it's uh, sadder than sad. We're seeing the destruction of our nation right now in, in the very light of day. And It should make everybody nervous, uh, but it should also call us to action. It's got to do more than just make us nervous. It must call us to action. We need to start a movement here today, day one. We need to start a movement. and We need to get those. That's something I want to talk to Carl and Kathy about a little more, but how do we get those those people. Now, Kathy was saying, you remember, you heard her tell me the other day that she was a flaming liberal. She, t- she, she told me now that twice on air. And I, I always have to do a double take when she puts it out there. Because when you when you um, qualify something and you say they're a flaming liberal, uh, and when you use the word flame, like I'm okay with somebody that's liberal minded and social values. I don't have any problem with that, people. That's the beautiful thing about America we all should have opinions and the diversification of America is an amazing thing, equality for our nation. I have no problem with that. I just think it's great. So that's not the issue really, but all of this is the issue. It's more than just that. But when you're a flame and liberal, it's kind of like almost like, uh, that to me is uh, uh, you know, extremely progressive or uh, um, tendencies to get off course real quick. Uh, you know, this is not just about putting a pink vagina hat on your head and marching around D.C. looking like a fool. Uh, not really about that. This goes like way overboard. So I wonder, we'll ask, ask her to describe what a flaming liberal is as well, because we hear that sometimes that term. I as a conservative don't entirely know what it means. Uh, I visualize, again, a pink vagina hat on the head running around in D.C., uh, wants to have all the Marxist programs she can have, feed off the trough here from the, by- by the nets. Uh, That's kind of what I think it is, but I'm not sure what it really is. I've never asked anybody. Then again, I never had anybody on the team here that was kind of under that qualification. Uh, It's quite a juxtaposition she went through. Uh, It's more than just a light remodeling job. That's a major construction in your life. If you're becoming a flamer liberal to a a, a patriotic conservative, that's a a big uh, changeup. We'll have to ask her more about that. Um, In the meantime, this program is something that uh, I, I want to hear from you on the movement, uh, electrifying the movement and how we're going to do that. Uh, and, uh, and, and what is the GOP's response? What are they saying about all this? There were some interesting quotes, but are they going to hit back? Or are they going to do what they did in the 20s and 30s and just lay down on the railroad track as the train comes by and rips their guts open on the track? What a sight for sore eyes. Uh, we're going to pause a moment. We'll see you back on the other side on hour two, friends, on The Voice of the Nation.
0: The heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm.
1: What they said, that Joe Biden wouldn't be able to put three syllables together. They told me that. And quite frankly, I believed it. I didn't think they could stand him up like Weekend at Bernie's. I didn't think they'd pull that off because he is a bit of a bumbling idiot. He, he doesn't have a terribly high IQ. And I wasn't sure how they would be able to stand him up to pull off something of this capacity, a, 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 a sort of quasi State of the Union speech, but it's your 100 day speech because you're not in office long enough, right? The Associated Press, uh, said they measured the numbers of the of the speech, which they always do, which is kind of cool. This speech, 6,045 words. There's a whole lot of syllables in there. Now 6,045 words, the average word is probably what? Two syllables, average, some are one, some are three, two syllables. So we're talking, wow, that's 12, maybe 13, 14,000 syllables. That's a lot of syllables, people. He didn't pass over, didn't hit his head on the podium, And the cameras kept rolling, right? And there we go, 6,045 words. He put a few syllables together, read the teleprompter properly, had a little emotion. Of course, uh, uh, Pelosi and Harris, Kamala Kamala, were behind uh, Biden. And we call them the Bidenets, and they kind of look like the Bidenets. You know, they were. I looked at the videos again because I didn't see the speech live. Obviously, I couldn't subject myself to that. It wasn't a popcorn moment, I'll say to you. And they were up and down, up and down, up, 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 more up than down. Obviously, celebrating, clapping. We love this Marxist agenda. Bring in more. So they are the Bidenets. So we call it Joe Biden and the Bidenets. Pelosi and Harris are the Bidenets, right? That's what we're dealing with, people. But listen to this. With all those syllables, 6,045 words in Biden's uh, prepared remarks, the teleprompter, we at Bernie's, just read it and get us through because he's not calling the shots here, obviously. He doesn't have the capacity to do that. Here's what's striking about that. Believe it or not, that's a thousand words more in that speech than Trump's first address to a joint session. Well, give me a drum roll, Fred, will you? Wow. A thousand words longer than Trump's first address to a joint session. And you thought Trump had a lot of hot air. (laughs) Wow. And that's 150 words, even longer than Obama's hope and change trajectory in his first address to a joint session of Congress. Okay. 1,700 words longer than W, seven that's a lot so w was more concise wow wow that's surprised 1700 words more that's crazy right and a thousand words shorter than clinton's hmm. a thousand words shorter than clinton's so clinton we always knew clinton had a lot of hot air that's for sure and i see that he he was a showman bill clinton was a showman a lot of people think he would be a conservative in the way he governed by today's standards they he'd be more of a conservative that's a lot of syllables girlfriend how did he pull this off
4: yeah i did see a doctor up here uh, on newsmax who was asked the same question oh cool and, yeah and he So said- i wasn't
1: the only one thinking this then
4: <laughs> I, I think there are a whole lot of people out there wondering right. uh, how this miracle was, was done. Uh, no, but the doctor was saying that there are certain medications that uh, can be given and most likely were, and he evaluated the eyes and, and he kind of came to an off, you know, uh, 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 medical conclusion uh, just based on what he observed uh, that he was definitely on me- medications and these medications, he named off a couple, one, one, one had the word meth in it. I'm sure it wasn't a meth drug, but wow. uh, it was a really long word. And um, that he's I
1: mean, uh, that. Was he saying he's on that or something? Is that what you're saying?
4: Meds. Oh, but med, meds. The, oh, but, but, but one of no, but one of the medications right. started with the word meth. No, I, I get that. But are, they, yeah. are these
1: are they thinking that
4: that, that uh, Biden's on medication? Oh, totally. They said. They said there's certain this particular doctor who was on Newsmax okay. uh, t- said that uh, they, there are definitely medications that can be given to people who have uh, or early onset dementia, for example, um, and to get through the
1: moment. In other words, right, uh,
4: right. But the problem with them is that it's a high risk in somebody in that state because the 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 side effects are really really great. So that's kind of an interesting. Uh, take on You don't know that. what
1: kind of side effects. I wonder what they are. Uh, he didn't. Like,
4: he did not get into that, but that might be an interesting show with one of. Like, your, no, yeah,
1: because I'm wondering, like, is one of the side effects that you spend too much money, or you want to have as many social? Money, are those side <laughs> effects? <laughs> that I'm just asking you.
4: That says. could well be, but you know, Malcolm, I wanted to share because this yeah. this actually started many decades ago, um, and I have spoken um, to our audience about Cloward Piven before, but this stems directly from their strategies and back. back. Back in the 70s, they did a test, their first test case with how to bankrupt a city, uh, and they picked New York. And they were very, very successful. First, they went in and they did a whole bunch of spending to overwhelm the systems, both welfare, free medical care, opened up a bunch of hospitals, uh, did a bunch of infrastructure, uh, and and just overwhelmed the entire city. And the city was on the verge of bankruptcy. This is right around 1975. And the interesting thing is that uh, Gerald Ford was in office at the time. Hmm. And what happened, uh, it happened to be, Gerald Ford first came out and he said, absolutely, we are not bailing that city out. It kind of reminds you of uh, the blue cities today that uh, mishandled the COVID. And it's almost like they did it on purpose knowing they were gonna be bailed out now, Uh, which wouldn't surprise me because this Howard Piven experiment on New York City, um, first it looked like it was gonna fail because Ford said, you got yourselves into this mess, you can get yourselves out. Uh, but unfortunately, it was an election year, and uh the g o p caved and started putting pressure on ford and uh, and he and and he ended up giving the uh it was a two billion dollar bailout at that time so it's well, kind of- well
1: historically though to your point kathy uh d c has they have a reputation of bailing back to you said they expect it you 're exactly right. They, they do bail out the blue city. They did expect it because it's been done before. They get bailed out with a lot. I said to you, these pet these pet projects that Pelosi is brilliant at always. In other words, she's you know how she would call herself a, a negotiator all the time? She's like, a what was she called herself? A master negotiator, Kathy, I think. Was that it?
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the exact I think that
1: was it, a master negotiator. Um, I had other words for that, a, 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 but not uh, not probably for mixed company here. Okay, um, but uh, she—that's what she'd call herself. Don't uh, let
4: me stop you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, well, our audience at least would stop me. I don't want to be too fresh here, but but it was it was sort of that thing, and they've been doing that for years. But it's more than just the way they mishandled COVID. I would say to you, I would uh, readdress that, Kathy, say to you this, our uh, cities and states, our blue cities are so piss poor run uh, and they are in horrible shape and have been in horrible shape for many years. Is very much predates COVID because these people don't know how to govern. And the people in those cities keep electing these Marxist mayors who then, uh, you know what these Marxist mayors did? is they made them, you know, lock the dog park up and wear the mask and march in order and stand in line and shut the hell up and on and on and on. And they stole their liberties. Imagine the people you elect to high office, and then they, they, uh, they, they rip you off. You know what I mean? They they rip you off. What?
4: Well, yeah, you say they they, they don't know how to govern, but who, you know, this is what we're we're saying about Biden too, but we have to remember they aren't the ones in control. So everything that's been done in those blue cities has been right. done intentionally. Right. We can't let them fall that's right. That's right. victim to they don't know how to govern. No, no, we
1: shouldn't bail them out. We shouldn't bail them out. But you take a look at Portland and you look at, look at what's happening in Seattle. Look at Los Angeles, look at all those cities. They're, 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 third world shitholes.
4: Yeah, well, they get their marching orders from up above and it's all intentional. And then, and and they're being told, absolutely, you do it our way up front here. This is what you, we want you to do. We want to burn the city to the ground and we'll bail you out later. Yeah. And that is exactly what's on. How
1: sick is that?
4: How sick is that? that? Exactly.
1: Sick. Sick. And, and when Kathy says they get their matching orders from above, she's not talking about God Almighty, by the way. Okay, just as a footnote here. Oh, right? for sure. Okay, I just want to say, because when somebody <laughs> says from above, it's sort of it's a caveat there or something coming Thanks here. Thanks for
4: clearing that up.
1: Well, it's important. I'm here. I got your back, Kathy. I got your back. Uh, Carl, uh, so here we are, buddy. Here we are. And you hear the, you know, how much of this? Uh, should anger the American people, and well, we saw it. I've been talking for years about the bankrupting of our cities and states. Now you see the bailouts, the dollars that he's putting into these social programs. I mean, Carl, this is what we're really talking here. This is a New Deal 2.0. This is an FDR special. This is a Blue Light special. Uh, th- this is you know, all with that Green New Deal, energy, climate change. This is all. This is all of that, Carl.
3: Well, yeah. I- I said the same thing when Trump was still in and they were tearing apart the cities. I said exactly what Kathy said. I turned to my son. I said, they're going to destroy the cities. Then they're going to have the guts to turn around and ask Trump for money to build the cities back, which they did. And Trump said, no, but uh, now they're going to do it. And of course, they'll probably get it through Biden. But now
1: they are getting it. No, no, they are getting it, Carl. That's what these programs are for. Let's be clear. So I, I mean, the fact that the Marxists have power, there's no way to stop it.
3: No, there's no way to stop. Let me go back and address the, 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 the drug thing, because okay. I can address that. Okay, I also said that. I said, uh, you know, when I saw the clips of him, I said, yeah, how is he going to manage to get through this? And I said, I know exactly how he's going to manage. He's going to have a pharmaceutical cocktail. Now, what Kathy refers to as meth. Yes, they do start with meth. I'm very familiar with these drugs. Concerta, Adderall, Vyvanse, just to name three. And they are a derivative of amphetamine, which is speed. You know, that little yellow pill and all wow. that mother's little helper. Okay, so that children take, and, and adults take, for ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADD, which is a tef- Attention Deficit Disorder. Now, how that works is, in a, an older man like Joe, mm-hmm. it speeds up the neurons. It speeds up the neurons in the brain so you can focus better. So a lot of people, I, I had a friend that was actually a doctor that took it because she, she needed to focus on her job. And she said she had ADD and she was a medical doctor and she actually used this drug. So the kids, they give it to the kids. It actually calms the body down while at the same time, she's speeding the neurons up in the brain, but then it's calming down the body. So that's how that works. Now I, I definitely, I guess this comes from nursing. I used to be a nurse, but I definitely heard him slur a couple of words during his speech. He's he actually did. If you go back and look, he actually slurred a few words. So, you know, he did, her, did he really? Did, oh, no, yeah. Oh, the, oh, absolutely. Or, or tongue tied. Okay. You could call it tongue tied or whatever you want to say. But definitely there were slurs.
1: Let me ask you this. As you've been listening to me today, have I slurred?
3: No, absolutely not. You don't okay. you don't slur your words at all. You don't trip over your words at all. And neither <laughs> does Kathy. She, she's an excellent speaker. Um, but that's what I said. And, and and do we even want to address these all these acts and plans that he's put into place. I, I'm waiting for you, you to
1: address them, sir.
3: I'm going to address them because I am fired up. I have to talk before my Prozac kicks in and it calms me down <laughs> because, uh, you know, uh, I mean, what do we want to talk about? The police reform act, the American. Well, and let, let's act, start with that. Let's start right with the organized. police reform.
1: Let's start with yeah, the police with reform. There's <laughs> so <laughs> let's many let's start of them. with that.
3: Go ahead. So to me, the police reform, which they want to name for George Floyd, a criminal. Now I don't care whether you believe he was illegally murdered you know, he was murdered, not murdered, whatever. It doesn't change the fact that the man was a convicted criminal. The man was a criminal. So they wanna now make bus. they wanna name this act for George Floyd to appease these radical leftists. So what are they gonna do? Are they gonna replace the bus of George Floyd with Martin Luther King? Are they gonna tear down Martin Luther King? I mean, it just infuriates me. And, And really when they say police reform, they're talking about police powers. Let's take away some of the police powers, So the police have to call up and say, uh, uh, I have a criminal over here. Am I allowed to draw my weapon? Can I draw my weapon now? Just like Barack Obama did, and this is, this is for another show, with the rules of engagement, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons, again, another show, my son is dead, because the rules of engagement. You change the rules. You lighten up the rules where uh, the person that's supposed to be in charge cannot do their job properly. It, and this is it. what, happen- this is what right. happened teachers, yeah. This yeah. is what happened to our teachers, Malcolm. This is what happened to our teachers. Okay. 30 years ago, you know, teachers came, you respected the teachers. It was yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You didn't talk back to your teacher. You didn't disrespect your teacher. Mm-hmm. They stripped the teachers of all their powers. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't speak to that child because he has ADD. He's a special needs. He's this, he's that. You got to talk this way. You got to speak this way. You got to use these words, this verbiage. They strip the teachers of all these powers until they can't teach anymore. I was also a substitute teacher. And you, you can't teach anymore because the kids are so out of control and the teachers aren't allowed to do anything. Well, yeah. that's exactly what police reform is going to bring us. Well, that's isn't, it. isn't Carl, them, Carl police
1: isn't, isn't police reform, it's really the, the product they want is lawlessness, isn't it?
3: Yes, lawlessness because right. and that's what they're going to get. And then and then what happens? What happens when we strip away the police, Malcolm? We get federal police. That's what's going to happen. That's right. That's right. Then that's we right. We but they're, they're in control the of it then.
1: They're in control of it. Yeah.
3: They're in control of it. We turn <laughs> yeah. over the government and, and, and when when all hell yeah. breaks out, first first they'll declare yeah. martial law and we'll have tanks sitting on every corner. We'll have martial right. law. I I've then said that many
1: times. Yeah, when you when you right, hear the and, boots marching down the boulevard, you'll know we're screwed.
3: That's right. And then it will graduate from that into, well, we can't go back to those old police because they're all corrupt. So now we have federal police. So it's like he also talked about in his plan, all these new jobs. Yeah, they're new government. Oh, you don't don't need any degree. You don't need anything because they're all government jobs. That's what they are. They're all all a bunch of government jobs. So now who's in power? Everybody that's in the government. You don't go into any place and you see somebody and they're usually a minority. They're usually uh, someone else. I don't care if you go in the social security office, the DMV, whatever, or you know they're on the left because I dare you to wear a MAGA hat into the DMV and see what happens. So, you know, or the social security office. So they're, they're all in power again. They, they have the government jobs. They have the, the good jobs. I call them, I, mean, I always tell my kids, boy, it's get a government job, buddy. You know, mm-hmm. good, good pay, good benefits.
1: They, they never get, get fired. fired. You never
3: get fired. never get fired. You can treat people, you know. I've gone into right. the post office and they're on the phone talking to their girlfriend oh, yeah. or boyfriend. Oh, yeah. or, and yeah. I'm like, really? Really? You know, oh, well, nah, they can't get fired. So, yeah. you know, if you don't shut me up, I'll go on and on about No, that's fired. perfect what you say there. I'm really like, Oh, so, and then let's go to, let's see. And then there's- Well, hold on, before you do, let me, a couple okay, things okay, okay. here.
1: Before you do, uh, you know, with the whole police and the reform, and, and let's bring Kathy also in, Carl, with us so we can have a three-way conversation. Sure. But back with the police and the uh, law and order and the fact, Kathy, I'm, I believe the derivative of that, and it's all part of, I think you would point out, the, the, the Marxist takeover, uh, is you create a lawless society. I mean, it's in the playbook. And you remember how many times that, Donald Trump would come out through the election, both elections, actually, and he would remind the people that he's a law and order president. And of course, he held not only our law enforcement and policing, but our military in such high esteem, and he built them up. Uh, and, and still, that wasn't enough. But th- this whole police reform, what do you get out of it, Kath?
4: Yes, I, I'm totally in agreement with what we, both of you are saying. And and let's, let's not forget to compare what uh, who could be president sooner than everybody would like to see? Uh, Kamala uh, calling iced KKK, and 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 she's a she's a she's a prosecutor. So what keeps me up at night? Uh, some of those issues, but also, you know, if we twenty fifth amendment this guy out, and we're facing HR one, which is the bill that's going to basically rig elections forever uh kamala could well be our president for 10 plus years so you know what they're doing with the police i absolutely agree it is to create lawlessness it is to then replace with better federales basically um and then they will control everything so uh that's going to be a nightmare they're already well into that uh, as a matter of fact they just lost uh where did i read that they just uh, uh lost uh, uh is it oregon i believe seattle uh, in seattle right They the police are leaving in droves oh yeah, yeah everywhere everywhere now?
1: everywhere yeah but. absolutely everywhere i talk to police experts all the time and it's happening everywhere and in new york city they they're in real trouble there they can't keep them in play there mm-hmm. uh and they're losing them in all kinds of cities but who the hell would want the job
4: who would and and what carl was saying about changing the rules of engagement yeah. You know, that's exactly how they're trying to thin yeah. out the police department.
1: And, and they're succeeding at it. Um, th- that was a great uh, field, there. Uh, Carl, how far, how, first of all, I want to ask you, I didn't know, and I don't think Kathy knew either, uh, your background as a nurse in the medical field. How many years did you do that for, sir? Oh, I, I didn't do it for maybe ten years. I didn't do it for well. No, that's a ten years—a years, long time. Uh, it so is. You, 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 well, you did it for a decade. Okay. How how far back can I ask you? I'm just curious. How far back?
3: Um, it was probably like I think I graduated in '89. I went as an adult. I went back to school. You know, I I was an entrepreneur. I should I should be a very wealthy man with all the things I've done, but. But uh, you know God's been good to me. I can't complain. Yeah, no um, no, no no.
1: Hold on. You're you're doing good. Uh, this is I didn't know all this. Man, I'm learning about uh, it. So uh, you're talking about 89 so you did that for about 10 years. Very cool. Well, my uh, so yes, When you when you when you rallied off the drugs and the various medications. Which, see, I don't know a lot of that world. Uh, it is not a world I know at all, so I can't speak about that. So, but I was very impressed. I knew either one. You either knew the industry and had some background, or two, you were a druggie. Either one. <laughs> yeah,
4: now, who needs experts when we have Nurse Carl, right? right? I mean, I I learned so much just then. What he what exactly. he well, said about that, that was awesome.
3: The the sad thing is with you know because because also I was in the social. Well, first, because I was a foster parent. So I, I was a pediatric nurse. And I, you know, I, after I got divorced, and I was a single dad, I, I went into this competition, I think, with my sisters. but I always said, you know, what can you do if you're thinking about somebody else, you're not thinking about yourself, I became a foster parent. Mm-hmm. And I took in these, these difficult kids that, that other people wouldn't take. And so yeah. I took them in and, and many of them were on medications. You know, I don't like medications. My first thing is get them off. I of don't either. So I don't can. either. Yeah, I don't them do off. It. And, and the sad part is with these, yeah. um, it, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't say this on air because many people go and get these medications just so they can lose weight. This is, this is, you know, amphetamine. This is a way to lose a lot of weight. And uh, the parents will steal them from the kids. They actually used to take Adderall, which came in white yeah. tablets yeah. and crush them and snort them. And they would steal them from the kids. And then the then the teachers would complain that the kid's still out of control, the kid's still out of control. Well, the kid wasn't getting his med mm-hmm. because the parents would steal them. So then they've discovered, that well, we'll put them in these really hard, hard pills that you could barely crush with a hammer. Uh, so, you know, or different forms mm-hmm. where they can't be stolen, whatever. And, you know, I'd always get the sideways look, let me tell you, when the kids were getting their prescription because I always looked, well, are you taking the kids' meds? You know, I need them, but no, I'm not taking the kids' meds. Mm, interesting. So, yes, that's where I got very familiar. All right,
1: all right. Well, you know, I was told the other day a, a dear friend of mine uh, who runs a medical office, actually, uh, had shared with me this, and I, di- I didn't know this. Uh, they said they were uh, astounded, is the word they used, astounded, that many of the older people, a lot of the elderly folks, I mean, like most of them, she had said to me, all want controlled substances. They all want narcotics. They want some of the drugs. And I, again, I don't know much about these drugs. I'm not an expert in this arena at all. Uh, but that Carl was just talking about were some of the ones I heard uh, her say some of them that he just mentioned. So those were some of the drugs. And they actually uh, take those uh, they want the drugs, and they make that a condition in trying to see the doctor. And the doctor won't give out these controlled substances, these narcotics. Uh, th- in fact, he I guess has a policy, is what I understand. I, I don't know how many doctors do this. I don't know, but that you have to see a pain management doctor, pain management, seeing you have to see if you are, I guess, cocoa for cocoa puffs or something. I I would imagine is what that is. Now, I see. I don't know much. I've I've always been an anti-drug cat. I just have people. I think if we don't have our faculties and we don't have God's gift of our ability to think consciously and make decisions, then we got, we got nothing. We ain't there. And, that, and it's a very serious topic to me. And it's also one of the other things I'm very passionate about. I want to have a program. I want to talk to you all about this ahead. And I'm very, very passionate. I've talked to Dr. Lee for America about this as well as part of our team nation here, you know, and others, uh, but dementia, Alzheimer's, I really feel like there's something we should be doing as a people to stop off the offset of these in in all of our fr- relatives and our friends and ourselves one day. I just don't think we're doing enough as a people and we should be making more progress in that arena. I, I, I can't explain to you why, but I'm very passionate about this topic. And it, well, probably I, I, I guess I can explain a little bit. It's because I seen this happen when it happened with Ronald Reagan. I mean, I loved Ronald Reagan. I, I idolized this president and, and I just, uh, he, was, he was the guy for me, okay? And, uh, and so when he, I, I was very distraught when he had dementia and he was losing, um, you know, in his, it is supposed to be your golden years. The time that I thought he and Nancy would celebrate the successes they had in America and the work they had done. And I was really taken back by that moment as a patriot, and I thought, why is this happening to our people, and to anybody, to our uncles and our family, but then our great leaders even? I mean, they can't even stop this in a Ronald Reagan. Who can they stop it in? Because then you you lose, you lose all ability to have any uh, proactive life or any consciousness of reasonable behavior. And I mean, it's sadder than sad as the mind is gone and the person is there and there's not I, I don't know. There's something about that. Really, it haunts my soul, I guess, is what I would say. And I, I just feel like we should be doing something about it. Um, well, I mean,
4: it angers me to no end uh, to, to take somebody who is obviously in that, uh, in that decline yeah. uh, and, and prop them up for yeah. political gain. Well, that's, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that's
4: the yeah. evil in this. Sure,
1: sure. sure. I, I don't wish this on anybody, Kathy, Carl. I don't wish it on anybody. Um, I I, uh, uh, I, I just don't. And that's why I don't sort of, I, I'm very careful about the dementia, Alzheimer's. I don't like the jokes and you know, kind of, I, I know we sometimes, it's hard not to go there with Joe uh, because it's so blatant in our face, but it's more so the other side of it. I never want to target that part of it with him. Uh, I mean, the the whole point of putting three syllables together and then he did and all that, you know, a lot of it is kind of poking at it. But I do, in a real, real honest moment with you, I do believe we need to do something about this horrible disease that we all may face one day and not having our collective thoughts is not a place we should be in. And I just think as a people, we can do more about this. That's all I'm saying. And I I want to address this more on this program and I'm going to use my platform Somehow ahead to make a difference in that arena. I believe we can find an answer for this problem. And I think we should. And I believe there are some things we can do, or at least it has been said to me there are. I do not know. I am not an expert in this arena, but I do have a lot of questions. I promise you that. And we'll find out together. I'm I'm, going to slay this thing. I'm telling you right now. Again, I I, I want people to do well all the way across. I I tell you this, I want to. You know, my, my personal goal is to create a foundation to make a difference around the world. And it is also to create a think tank back here at home with some of the best minds and ability to make a difference. Now, these are things that are burning in my soul and my heart to make a difference out there with our fellow man and, uh, you know, to, uh, to take advantage and, and just worship our beautiful American uh, experiment here. And I hope to have the uh, opportunity and certainly the ability uh, to do many of these things with you out there. Um, honestly, and, and tell me what you think back. Again, my email, you can reach us here, uh, liberty at americaoutloud.com. Um, by all means, catch me there, uh, please as well. And, and you know, I, I have another personal email that comes right to me and I will share it with you. I don't give it out often, but it's, it's speak up at malcolmoutloud.com. Speak up. At MalcolmOutLoud.com. I I used that years ago, and I used it for personal listeners and things like that. You know, it's funny when I was on the network, this is before America Out Loud now. uh, We used to get the hate mail and the people who would tell me off or what avenue to get off, and so on and so forth. Of course, I enjoy those people as well. You know, they're good for a laugh. And so I created another email address, and this one is still active, and I, I haven't used it in years, but I've kept it because of the mission. And I, I've used it on national radio oh about, this before America Out Loud, so about six, seven, eight years ago, I was doing a lot of national radio on the networks, um, you know, between my, leaving the boardrooms and America Out Loud. And uh, I would, um, I would put the speak up at Malcolm Out Loud on the airwaves, but I would also put this one. And if you disagree with me or you want to tell me off, you can email me at shut up at malcolmoutloud.com. That's a real email address. And, and uh, I'm here to tell you that email is still functional today. It's still functional. I've always kept it in play. I've never used it specifically, but that is shut up at malcolmoutloud.com. I just thought it was fun for the, I told you before, laugh, cry, laugh, cry. I choose to laugh, okay? And that's what it is. Let's take a pause. Let's talk a little bit more when we get back, my fellow Americans. Pull up a chair. We'll have a conversation more on Voice of the Nation just after this.
0: Listen to Malcolm, the Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa.
5: Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus.
1: AmericaOutloud.com Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio liberty
0: and justice for all the silent majority has spoken we say let the silent voices be heard you can be the voice of change contact our producer at liberty at out liberty at america out very interesting
1: moment I just find ourselves in and it puzzles me sometimes as to, uh, uh, you know, how we become our worst enemy, I guess. That's the way I see it, I guess. We're becoming our worst enemy in our nation. and uh, But as I've said to you, how many times have I said to you over the years, uh, the, the fight and the problem and the cancer of America happens always from within. It will never happen from outside our, our, our border here, people. It's going to happen from within. The takedown and the troubles and the plight of the struggles we face are because of right here at home. And it starts at the epic center of Washington, D.C. That's where it is, people. It, it, we can deal with the adversaries and the, the challenges and, and, and the enemies and all of this in different areas of the world. We can deal with that as a people. As stronger as a group, as America Americans, we, uh, we are, as a group, we are powerful. United, we are untouchable. I mean, we really are. I mean, we've shown that in the history of our nation, just looking historically at our nation people. We have proven that. We've proven that. So with that, we're unmatched. I mean, we can, we can, we've done it. We have saved mankind. We've saved nations. We, we, people, I'm proud of our country. I'm proud of our people. I am proud of our military. I don't, there's nothing, there's, there's not a systemic racist nation. That's insanity. That's a Marxist takeover line. That's baloney. If you're buying that, then you, you've been smelling the glue too long. You know, that's, that's not it at all, people. We're a lot more than that here. And uh, so that's, that's what, it, we've got to get the light to shine a little bit more. I want to talk to you about getting the light to shine in the GOP, please, and juice it up a little bit here and talk about the GOP response. So uh, let me read you this here. Um, this is, uh, 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 again, my go-to source for all kinds of cool stuff to talk about Politico. Uh, and it's this, there are a lot of theories about all of this. Sure. This is about Joe's uh, speech now, the Bidenettes. Okay. The pandemic and Donald Trump's own big spending have made it safe for big government. The GOP is divided and in turmoil since the events of January 6th. You see, so they first point out that the pandemic and Donald Trump's own big spending have made it safe for big government. I mean, and that's a warning shot from Politico to say, well, you people are going along with the gig, just like W did back before Obama and all, you know, really. And uh, because they're not playing in small government, but that's a problem with the Republican Party as a whole. They are part of the problem, people. This isn't just, you know, the left and the Democrat party, it is the Republican party that is the problem, surely. And had they stood up always for truth and honesty and for small government, we probably wouldn't be in this boat. And if they would fight, and sometimes, you know, too, I wanna say to you something here. Uh, Sometimes you have to get in the mud and you have to fight dirty. Now I said it right there. Now, the left does that on a regular basis, but the left, the, the right, the uh, Republicans, they don't want to do like the Mitt Romneys, who are better than now. you know, the, the Lisa Makowskis, the John, all these people like, oh, you know, we're, we, we, we're, we're this, we're, we're part of the royalty club, you know, see, the thing I liked about Trump. You, 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 and I, and I subscribe to Trump's theory. By the way, you double down on me. You step on my toes, and you do it intentionally, you son of a bitch. And I'm going to step on yours twice as hard. I get the Trump theory, and I'm all over it. I get that. I totally, totally get it. And that's that's why he was very interested as a world leader uh, when he would fight these demons and some of these people like China, and of course, you know. Uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, haven't heard from him in a while, the midget in North Ki- North Korea, um, you know, you know, that, that kind of tells you, you know, uh, that uh, he was fighting back a lot of times. You remember the time he talked about the missiles and he got in his face about that. He called them all kinds of names. It was, oh, my God, that's not presidential. What the hell's the matter with you, Trump? And that's where the people like Romney became unglued. They're like, oh, my God, we can't have this guy in the White House. You know, but you know, that's what, I don't have a problem with that stuff. The problem I have was giving too much of the secret recipe to these people a little bit later in the game. I think maybe we should have said a little bit less and strategically took them down uh, with the Midnight Oil, the Marxists, I mean, the deep state, the establishment, the corruptness, the evil. That's what I'm talking about, right? So uh, that, that GOP response, uh, let's talk about how they fight back now a little bit here, uh, and a couple of things they say here, and then we'll get, i want to turn it back on with Carl. I want to hear from him again and Kathy as well. But let me read you these couple of things here. Uh, so, oh, oh, what a great address Tim Scott had. Man, I really liked him, as I told you. And I listened to him very much. He said, tonight we also heard about a so-called family plan. Even more taxing, even more spending to put Washington even more in the middle of your life from cradle to college. I thought he was being generous with that. It's really from cradle to grave, but he was just trying to point out the college being the college spending, the free this, the free that, and the free everything they're giving you, uh, uh, the, the goose that laid the golden egg, right? Uh, so uh, that was, I, I thought Tim put it in good. The, um, Scott put it out there pretty well, uh, the senator. Uh, Mitt Romney, he says, six trillion and counting. I'm sure Bernie was happy. You know, but here's a guy who can't tie his shoes without tripping over his shoe, uh, shoelaces and or, 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 or what do they say uh, whistle and walk at the same time or something, you know, uh, and then Lisa Murkowski expansive spending on top of spending. Now, these are the moderates. The, the, these are the moderates these are the uh, people dressed in clothing that are not even conservative by any nature. This, this is the, this is, these are the Republicans who blow like the wind. These people walk out of their door in the morning and, and what they do is they take their finger, they put it in their tongue, just like this, like I'm doing right now. They put it in their tongue, the finger you know, on the finger in your tongue, like you're going to pull apart papers or something, you know, and they put it up in the air to see which way the political winds are blowing. That's, these. Are, this is a Mitt Romney and a Lisa Murkowski. They have no backbone at all, you know? Uh, John Plune says, a speech that's got massive, expansive new government programs, growth of government and lots of new taxes. All right, so we see the program here. Carl, you start, let's wind it up here now. We, we've got, uh, uh, let's uh, we've got a, a mission here. We've got uh, some time. Uh, we've got a few minutes to talk to the American public. You've outlined some things that are concerning, like the, uh, we got it, the police reform, which is really lawlessness. uh, The school in the free stuff, which you also pointed out, which was a very good point earlier. Now we see these people coming out. Uh, So how does the GOP, let's be constructive now. How does the GOP hit back on this? What should they do next? Uh, File
3: lawsuits. They just need to continue to file lawsuits. They need to stay in the courts. They need to speak. I, I'm so tired. Personally, I am so tired of hearing Ted Cruz's voice and uh, Trey Gowdy and all the you know, and Mitch McConnell. You know, they just talk, 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 talk. What do they ever do? We never hear them that they're actually doing anything. And, you know, mm. I'm I'm here with Marjorie Taylor Green. Uh, she's in my district. I voted for. I supported her. Great lady. You know, she spoke okay. up on the first day. Okay. She wanted to file articles of impeachment. Uh, against my, first, and what did they do? They, they attacked her, you know, now they've attacked Matt Gates. They've shut him up. When's the last time we've heard from Matt Gates? Now he used to be very outspoken. That's true. That's they've true. managed to shut him up. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to keep, well, that's what force. they do,
1: Carl. They personally attack the person to shut you up. That's what exactly,
3: they do. Exactly. Exactly. And they tried to do done that done to us. Trump,
1: but Trump said, no, he pushed back. He didn't care. He didn't care.
3: No, he didn't. And, and God bless him. But he had, he had no support. He had no support from his, his people. Nothing, you know, turns and something comes up, he turns to the FBI. What did the FBI do? They, they supported Peter Strzok and, and his girlfriend and Comey and, they didn't do anything to help
1: Trump. Okay, and now so, when, you you know, courts, when you talk about the courts, when you're talking about the courts here, uh, it's a very valid point to bring up again. It got my attention there. Uh, the left through every step of the journey through Trump, the way they tried to slow Trump down is they sued him every which way to Sunday, correct? Exactly, correct. exactly. And they tied exactly. him up in the courts. So what exactly. you're saying now is-
3: Turnabout is fair play. All That's right. exactly what I'm saying. Okay. That's All what right. we need to do. They need to, I'm sorry, need to stop being wimps i am just you know i I want them out if i get one more damn email oh send us money to save america no you already have a salary you're supposed to be saving america already stop asking me and malcolm and kathy and everybody else for more money you're already getting paid a salary to do your job do your damn job and save america you know speak up speak out do something you know they're not you know they're sitting back collecting a big fat salary Oh, why do they care? You know, four years, why do they care what goes on? Their, their life isn't changed. Your yeah. Yours might be, mine might be, but their life isn't changed.
1: Yeah. I, let me tell folks, Carl, you're such a great voice uh, with well, these thanks. topics, with these issues. And uh, you bring it down to a, I like it, a, a really good uh Denominator where we can all understand. I really enjoy hearing you, um, Carl has, you know, lost a son, um, uh, the gold star dad. Carl, if you've seen him out there in social media, this is who Carl is. And so when you hear his passion, he was sharing as earlier his medical background, and we'll have lots of opportunities to talk to him. But when we say Team Nation. These is is sort of our uh, experts in different fields of opportunities when we're talking about the people that are part of Team Nation, is to bring the best in class to the airwaves, to be able to talk to you, folks who have life experience like Carl does in many, many ways. And sometimes he's very humble and and that's okay to be humble, but you don't really need to be humble here. Um, But uh, he's got a lot of experiences. And you know what? If we don't brag about ourselves, who the hell's going to brag about us? So anyways, Kathy, do some bragging. Uh, Talk to me about where (laughs) Carl is now. I'm I'm talking about stopping the GOP. Now, he's talking about lawsuits, tied them up in courts uh, like the left did. What do you think of that?
4: Well, one thing I'm not going to brag about is that I ever wore those pink hats when I was a liberal. <laughs> <Like> that.
1: <laughs> That's right, too. we got to come back to that. Go ahead. Stay on the GOP. A moment. You know,
4: I really I really wish more patriots were as uh, passionate mm-hmm. as Carl. I'm telling you. And I even know. when you define Mitt Romney and Murkowski as moderates, they have no credibility whatsoever, even as moderates. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. with the lawsuit philosophy. That is what we need to do. Uh, They use a tactic all the time that is uh, uh, multiple operations against your enemy at once. Just throw everything you've got at them. And this is what we need to be doing right now. We need to be on the ground running. Now, I uh, work with a lot of local groups, and we are extremely active uh, and uh, doing things, believe it or not, like lawsuits, but much more even uh, than that. But the important thing at this point for all patriots to do is to understand the threats that we're under and the the how close we are truly to losing everything. And every single one of us needs to be on the ground at our local levels, like Carl was saying, that he's got Marjorie Taylor Greene in his court. Man, oh man, I wish we had her here. Um, she is absolutely, we need more like her. And I agree with you about the the Matt Gates. Yes, I, he's gone a bit underground because uh, another tactic they use so perfectly. And we need to use these tactics back on the left, people. The tactic 13, pick a target, uh, freeze it, uh, personalize it and isolate it. That means they want to divide us one from another and they want to make each one of us so radioactive yeah. like Matt Gates. This is what they did to him that nobody would rally around him. The the GOP is horrible at that. If we picked a target on the left, they would circle the rat wagons.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a really beautiful point. Uh, the target freeze it, go after it. The left does that brilliantly, Kathy, but Look at recently; they just changed the the whole program uh, again uh, from John Kerry. Kathy, same thing. We didn't freeze that. Sure. We didn't. We didn't freeze it. We didn't go after yeah. it, did we? Did we? Did
4: exactly. We? This guy should like be in jail. Easy.
1: He should be in jail.
4: Absolutely. And that was an easy target to go after. See, see. But he's got Heinz ketchup behind him.
1: Well, which we talked about, but there it is right there, John. See, the right, they just, they're disorganized. They're like bumbling idiots. It's like a slow motion movie of the silent movies. They can't seem to get the hell out of their own way. And it really irritates me. And that's, and see, Kathy, who wrote the book, by the way, Deplorables for Radicals, Right. Is that right, Kathy? Is that the name? No,
4: actually, rules for deplorables. But I know.
1: I was. Ki- I'm kidding you. I'm <laughs> kidding you <laughs> because, because what is this all about? It's all about Sololinsky.
4: Absolutely. it's The rules thing.
1: for radicals. It, yeah, it,
4: yeah. it takes every one of his tactics using current events yeah. to show us how yeah, to yeah. put it. You know, that. maybe we should
1: have went with the de- Maybe that should be your second part of that book, Kathy. The, deplor- the uh, deplorables for radicals or the de- what do you call them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. There's something there, Kathy. I don't know what it is, but there's something there. Uh, so with this here now, uh, one of the things we want to point out is the margins, the congressional margins. Okay, so this is important to remember as well. These are the tightest margins uh, potentially in history right now, these margins of the House and the Senate. As we know, the Senate is a tie. And then, of course, uh, Kamala Kamala becomes the tiebreaker. Uh, and, of course, as long as they get people like Joe Manchin to go along with the party, uh, these people can do whatever they want to do. They can pack states. They could bring Beijing as an estate if they, wa- if they can get control of it all. Uh, And if she approves it all, they can make Beijing and Moscow states and then make it sister countries. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about here? I mean, there are no rules at that point, people. So the margins are thin. And then with the House as well now, we're talking about a handful now in the House. You know, that was another thing, the 2020 race. That that was a telltale sign, though. It's a major, major glimmer of, of golden hope for us, for conservatives and patriots, is the seats conservatives and the GOP took. In the uh, 2020 race, you realize that was very powerful, very powerful, because they were looking to, at expanding uh, their uh, uh, their hold, their hold. I mean, Pelosi was already counting that in the back room. I mean, she she was already on it and she thought they were going to expand the house and become more powerful. They actually became less powerful. And then they had that fight inside of the House, which is going on with the AOC, the squad and all of that fighting. And, and that was a power struggle within the Democrat Party. I really felt, and I talked to you guys a while ago about this, I really felt the Democrat Marxist machine was, I, I kind of really felt it was coming to the end of the rope, actually. You know, it's funny how we can do that in life. Somehow we're, it's like, you know, When you're at your worst, it can be at your best, or when you're at your best, it can be at your worst, or when you're going to win the gold medal, you put everything into it to win the gold medal, but if you don't win the gold medal, gold medal you'll fall on your face, you see? Uh, it's funny how the human spirit is, is all I'm saying to you, and where things can shift easy and fast enough. I talked to you some time ago, I really thought this Democrat Marxist machine was coming down to the end of their viability as a political party. And I felt that because I seen the way things were blowing up. I seen the way the the party was acting and how, uh, how uh, reckless they were being. And then the internal takeover of the AOCs and the squads and all of that and where that was coming from. And I felt like, okay, you know, they're they're not going to make it. They're they're, they're not going to make it. And uh, that, uh, you know, we are going to uh, be able to make real progress here and we're going to be able to, they're going to just, they're going to go away. Sort of like the Whig Party became the Republican Party back in the 1860s. At one time it was the Democrat Party against the Whig Party and the Whig Party, uh, they blow up. That was it. And uh, then you had a movement back there, as I recall, historically of young people with Abraham Lincoln called the Wide Awakes. And uh, that really got behind that whole thing. And that's what made that outcome of that election happen uh, with, with good with. Uh, good old Abe, Abe Lincoln, what an interesting president he would be for these times, how he talked everything down and really saved black America and sh- is historical president, number six, that was 16, by the way, is our number 16th president. Well, um, we've come a long way from that, have we people? In the 1860s and the 16th president of the United States. Um, and, and that era, is uh, historically, as I recall, I've studied that era and I understand what happened and politically speaking, uh, I look at a lot of similarities today and where we stand as a people and surely where we stand as a movement, you know, right now. And so the GOP, taking everything into consideration of what Carl says and Kathy says there, uh, it, it, it's going to have to be a full court press. They're, tied them up, in course, is one thing, sure, which is what the left does, but we're going to have to push back. Uh, hard in all kinds of ways here, if we're going to stop this Marxist machine. And the point that Kathy points out, you know, it's so cool to have a Kathy Chamberlain here because um, she wrote the book again uh, and going against uh, the uh, Alinsky rules and and creating the rules for deplorables. Uh, That's what we need, right? We need rules for deplorables using their language in a way that we can use it. We'll we'll be talking about more of that ahead as well, as well as that pink hat dilemma that she was faced with uh, some time ago here uh, as a flaming liberal as she called it. Interesting interesting mix of folks we have here. You think about it, quite fascinating. And and then Carl being a uh, medical background, I did not even know, Um, but we all got a a lesson here moments ago. So our our marching orders here back to the GOP, they have got to uh, uh, fight fire with fire you got to play the Trump way, Trumpisms. you got to fight fire with fire. You step on me, I step on you twice as hard. And freezing the target. It is so good that we talk about that today because this is really irritating how we've not gone after John Kerry. Now, John Kerry has been um, a complete imbecile for some time. He is not a patriot. He has been playing with our enemies for a long time, all the way back into the 60s and the 70s, people. This guy... Is, uh, needs to be taken down. While Trump was in office, I was really surprised that Trump didn't go after him more actually and the, and the administration, because he was overseas doing deals with Iran. It was documented, I followed it. We, we talked about this on air. This guy was doing bad stuff then. He should have been called out. But see, this is where the right doesn't unite. But the problem is, you see, they took Trump down from the knees, If you keep Trump off balance, which, again, is another Saul Alinsky uh, tactic is what Kathy will tell us. If you keep someone like that off balance, then you can't really fight the real battles. You you can then get into, you know, you can you see what's happening here. You see what's happening. You see. And see, that's why they threw all that at Trump at four years, because and, you know, think about the brilliance of number 45, Trump. I mean, people, let me tell you, there ain't many of us. I, I, I don't know who, I, I, you know, and even myself. I don't know that I could tolerate it, uh, truth be told. But what Trump tolerated and what he put up with was remarkable. I mean, truly, truly remarkable. I don't know if we ever see that again. What a human being put up with that much. I mean, they threw everything in the kitchen sink at him. They just they tried to destroy him. They went after his personal life. They, they just everything. It was all about peeing on prostitutes in Moscow hotels. Remember that? Yeah, right, right. To so all these sexual problems and everything. The guy, I mean, none of it was provable anywhere. And the dossiers and the, the the British spy, and this is crazy stuff. This is crazy stuff, man. And But they kept throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. And, and you got the guy, at, but you know, he was as steadfast as he could be, but the problem is he didn't have really the GOP machine behind him. He did not have the Republican Party behind him because the Republican Party, they just don't do this well. You know, there are days I wonder if it isn't time for that movement to happen as well. And for uh, uh, I don't know what that means. The Republican Party shed its skin like a snake sheds its skin and maybe comes up with another uh, version of the conservative party, the Patriot conservative. Party. I know we can't. Problem is we can't dismantle or break down the Republican Party into pieces, because that's what's happened before in time. That's what happened in Venezuela, actually. And they never regained power again. The conservatives, so I'm speaking of Venezuela, it used to be a very viable uh, uh, party there. And it was a very prosperous nation. and But they never were able to gain control of it again, uh, because they fought each other. And It's like when you take and you slice it that's the problem with the. So we're kind of tied to these people like Murkowski and Romney and these other folks, which we most of the time don't have our hearts or our gender at hand. We sort of uh, have to succumb to, uh, you know, deal with these people in some fashion. But this is part of the problem, the GOP and how they push back. The courts is one thing, freezing these targets and going after it would would do a lot of damage. Finally, if we'd go after these things like they should have done with Biden, with the whole Hunter Biden thing is a perfect example, just because the New York Post delivers the story. And then the social media and the oligarchs drop and the political operatives are laughing all the way to the shit shop. It uh, doesn't mean that we the, 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 the GOP shouldn't stand up and fight like hell back. The problem is we don't have have the megaphone. A lot of this stuff is another problem, but that's another thing for another day, people. The the social media outlets, the media outlets and things of that nature, they have the megaphone to society, sadly. Uh, And that's doing a lot of damage to us, a lot of damage. You see where I'm at here. It's a real, how do you turn this thing? But we need to go after all of this. We need to go after the John Kerry's. We need to go after the Joe Biden's. We need to have to go after Hunter Biden's, the Ukraine comments, the things he's done. We don't go after hard enough. And, and you can't rely on Fox News. I mean, they're as wishy and washy as the day is long. So where does that leave? Well, that leaves alternative media outlets uh, and, the, and the kind of work we're doing at America Out Loud. I mean, we're doing God's work here. Please help us along here, get to the platform and share the good word. And I can't do this myself, my fellow Americans. I cannot do it myself. I'm, I'm gonna need some help. If we're gonna dismantle the evil and and thrive as a nation, I'm gonna need your help to pull that off. So. Thank you for being on the mission here, this extraordinary conversations, extraordinary week of politics, extraordinary week to be alive in America. It's time to get involved and get loud.